Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Somebody put the wrong mic in front of me. Shocking that that happens in this studio. It's I mean, literally like a communist are, country when we walk in here. What are people doing when we're not here? That's what I. I that's all I want to know. The what we need to put Huffman show. We need to put a. We need to put a camera in here to videotape what the hell happens after we leave at twelve o'clock. Because I'm sure Jackson uses the same microphone. What so, are you talking about, Pete? Yeah, that's my former morning show partner right there in Norfolk that you're talking I about, I don't mess Chris. up the studio. Don't you talk about my guy like that. I can't do a good Solly The Scott old Dominion Jackson. monarch. I, I wish I could do a good Solly. You know, you know we, we love Matt Essig. We love Matt Essig. We need Solly to can a couple of our old producer, like maybe a year and a half ago, a year ago, a year ago. Uh, we need him to can a couple of impersonations. His Scott Jackson is awesome. His dead Joe Paterno, dead Joe uh, Pa is his fantastic. dead Joe Pa is fantastic. Uh, dead David Stern was awesome as well. Um, yeah, we need that. I, I got to make a call to the bullpen at some point here and get some stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's Craig Hoffman. I don't think it's I don't think but it's he Burgundy sits on Gold that today. side. I don't he? know what he's doing. I mean, I don't want to blame anybody for anything, but I mean, he's the last show here, and every, it's literally like a completely different studio every morning. Things are turned off. Things are turned down. I have no idea what's what. I mean, I've got to check everything. i got too many things to do, man. It's uh, weird. Speaking of things to do, yes. the NFL, we often talk about how there is a lack of activity at the trade deadline. Well, we're not quite at the deadline, but... The Carolina Panthers wasting no time. They got rid of a guy that was disgruntled, and now finally they got rid of everyone's overhyped fantasy football running back, Christian McCaffrey, who heads back home of sorts, played his college ball at Stanford. Now he's going to San Francisco, and this is one of the first dominoes before the trade deadline that starts to fall. Whoever ends up with that job in Carolina is going to have a lot of draft picks to sort through now after what they've been able to acquire just for Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey alone. 
That move in a very competitive division, Chris, do you think it it sponsors other teams' thought process now to maybe go out and do something? And let's face it, if somehow Washington wins this game this week, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of teams that are going to be sitting in that 3-4, and 4-3 four, four and three area of the NFC where mathematically there's going to be a lot of teams, Chris, that think they're still involved in this thing. And perhaps we get a little bit more movement than normal uh, approaching a trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, listen, the L.A. Rams were hot to trot for Christian McCaffrey as well. They were trying to beat the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The 49ers were trying desperately to, A, upgrade their running back room because every single running back, including their running backs coach, who I love, Bobby Turner, it, it got some major injury, <laughs> surgery, out for the year. I mean, just everyone. Yeah, but what do you do? You acquire a running back that's often hurt. Well, yes, but the best running back on the market because – First of all, we know this. The Rams are not trading Cam Akers, who they're dying to give away because of whatever weird reason, whatever happened between him and Sean McVay over the offseason, which led from him coming back from a blown Achilles to helping them late in the regular season and helping them throughout the playoffs and making and getting to and winning a Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, he was in the Chateau Bow Wow. And me, me. I got suckered and picked him in the second round of the Russell and Medhurst Team 980 fantasy draft, and now you know why I suck at fantasy football and why I hate fantasy football because there was no mention of that. (laughs) And then Sean McVay said, no, 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 son, you're in the Chateau Bow Wow. Woof, and I'm going to bench your ass. Anyway, so the Rams were desperate to get McCaffrey because they're tr- desperately trying to get rid of Cam Akers. But they weren't going to trade Cam Akers from the L.A. Rams in the division to their chief rival, obviously. Right. So now the Rams have to find a way to unload Cam Akers, which maybe isn't that hard depending on what they're looking for. But now the, the, the chief prize, if you will, of – I whatever the running back trade market would be, is now gone, right? I mean, if you look around, right, If you, Antonio Gibson's not getting traded from the commanders, even if the commanders lose the next couple of games, and even if he fumbles and, again, once again enters the Chateau Bow Wow of Ron Rivera and Scott Turner. I, got, I mean, I that, that's not happening, I have you know? an interesting name for you mm-hmm. in the fact that because I'm pretty sure Aaron Jones got a contract extension before the year started. He did. Uh, wonder if Green Bay. I, I think was was it before this year or last year? I can't remember. What about last? Two but years. I wonder if Green Bay might be interested if someone gives them the right deal for AJ Dillon. You know, I, I mean, because I mean, he's yet to be a right. full time back because right. they've had Jones. But I wonder if he could be a guy. Certainly, that could help a Buffalo or someone like that who might want to, when the weather gets a little colder, run the ball a couple more times a game. Just, just I mean, and not that not it would be a lot, but just a couple more times a game. Got a little bit more of a physical runner but that's than what just they the have thing. in Singletary. He's, I mean, is he what the Rams need? Like, you have Henderson, right? Uh, Daryl well, is a little he's he's more fragile though, right? So that's that. I, but I could see him helping somebody like that above. I could see him helping a Buffalo. Um, trying what to happened think of to Zach other. Moss up in Buffalo? He's still uh, not playing, right? But he's not. I mean, well, a he can't beat out uh, Devin Singletary, right? And let's face it, there's just not a lot of carries available yeah. in that offense. What about New England? Because Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson's been fantastic. No, I know, though. but Damian Harris is banged up. Um, 
You know, so they could be looking I, I for don't a know, running but back. I don't know if you acquire A.J. Dillon to be a backup. I, I'm yeah. talking about somebody that might be able to give him, you know, closer to feature okay. running back Is carries. He, That's all. Do you think he's truly that guy if given the opportunity? Yeah, I think so. I don't so. know. I think so. All depends. Well, all depends on the fit of the yeah. offense. Okay, that's fair. So uh, either way, McCaffrey going to San Francisco late last night for a package of draft picks is a really interesting, you know, thing because remember, you know, San Francisco here has obviously struggled with injury, not only at running back, but of course they lost Trey Lance. Uh, they should have known that Trey Lance, who was hurt off and on last year, who hadn't played much in college, was going to be a very, 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 very dicey fit at best, even if he was good, that, you know, again, he battled through some injuries last year. He didn't play a lot, right? So they they did bring back Jimmy Garoppolo, who he himself gets hurt all the time. And now, as you point out, they bring in a running back who he himself has been hurt for the basically the better part of the last two and a half years now. That being said, albeit on a miserable team, through six games, there was one week where Christian McCaffrey was a question mark. I think it was week three, week four. He's been able to play. He's been able to grind it out, right? So I'm sure he goes to San Francisco, and much like Trent Williams, much like Trey Lance, much like Jeff, uh, you know, anybody that, uh, I mean, outside of Kyle Juszczyk, anybody that puts on a uniform for the 49ers that's at, uh, is Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson still healthy, right? Yeah, everybody, and it's so funny, Jeff Wilson has become like a pseudo-fantasy midseason. Yeah, because if he's, he's got speed. If he's and on the waiver wire in your league, yeah. he's like a guy you want to pick up, Sure, absolutely. Quite frankly. So now, well, now the question is, like, they're going to apparently use, according to reports, McCaffrey, I think it was uh, Jordan Schultz that mentioned this. Uh, McCaffrey is going to be uh, active on Sunday for the 49ers against the Chiefs, right? A Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years ago, um, but basically used in a very limited package, uh, basically around the goal line type of thing, which you wouldn't necessarily say he's a traditional goal line back, but they have to obviously teach him their terminology, their system, what have you. Let me give you a little something on McCaffrey. I kind of thought 49ers would be in it, uh, A, because of their injuries, but I didn't go hard with it. McCaffrey, I remember at a place that you do a lot of your fine work, Navy Marine Corps Stadium, I think it was 2011, maybe it was 2012, Mike Shanahan was a lead participant in Ed McCaffrey's, Christian McCaffrey's, Dad, uh, Down Syndrome football event at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. And I was basically the on-field play-by-play announcer type guy for the flag football game. And, you know, involved in it because Mike allowed me to do that and because it was important to me, you know, with Down Syndrome. My kids were there and all that. Young old Christian McCaffrey was there, too. But I didn't know who he was at that point because mm-hmm. that was before he became a stud at Stanford. So, again, the relationship between Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and Ed McCaffrey goes back a long way, goes back a long to winning Super Bowl championships. So I should have put more two and two together, Pete. But when I woke up this morning and saw that trade, I was like, huh, okay. I didn't think San Francisco would quite go to that length. And yet – here I am. If Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, it's a slam dunk. That's the big if, right? If he can stay healthy, that's the big the 
the only thing that you worry about. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, and again, in a very close race what that we think in the NFC West as we go down the stretch, mm-hmm. uh, between certainly San Francisco and the Rams. Not sure Seattle can stay in it over the course of the full uh, schedule, but you certainly can't uh, count them out uh, at this point. Can't count Arizona out because they showed a sign of life last night. Actually showed some of the that intestinal fortitude that we don't necessarily associate with the Arizona Cardinals last night. But we also saw, I, I wonder about the potential fracturing of a relationship between the quarterback and head coach, as we saw Kyler and Cliff kind of go at it last night. DeAndre Hopkins playing peacemaker, which was uh, what you expect from a good veteran uh, player in that standpoint. He kind of stepped in and, and settled things down uh, between the two. Because let's face it, Kyler's got the long-term security now. It's not as, there's not as much, uh, the competitor wants to win every game. Mm -hmm. So you know he's got that. But Cliff is the guy that more likely gets fired uh, at some point. Like if they lose last night, I think Steve Kime is sitting there literally wondering, do I make a coaching change, you know, at some point here, even in the course of the season? Because you just wonder where that's going right now. I know. That's so crazy, though. When all Remember when all of those leaks came out right after their playoff loss and how horrific he was to Chris Mortensen, and basically he was like a dead man walking Kyler Murray? I mean, they leaked everything, you know, about the video or about his work habits, practice habits, how there's friction, whatever. Mortensen never said it was Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler. So I mistakenly took it to be more about Steve Keim, the general manager, Mm -hmm. being a little pissy at Kyler Murray about his work habits, right? Maybe it was Cliff Kingsbury all along. And you think, my gosh, they literally blew apart that franchise and what they had done the previous year, not under Cliff Kingsbury – where they traded a third and a fifth round pick plus the number 15 pick overall to move up to number 10 to pick Josh Rosen, went through him in one year, in a terrible year, Steve Wilkes got fired, what have you. Then, oh my gosh, we gotta, we, we, we've got to trade, you know, we got to get Kyler Murray because he's a perfect fit. He's Cliff Kingsbury. They, they were together at Texas Tech and all this stuff. And three years, four years later, whatever it is, they're barking at each other on the sideline, which happens. But now you start to wonder just what you're saying. Is one of them going to – and if if it is one – now, Cliff Kingsbury got contracts extension too. Which one of those two guys and, – and is it, it – was Cliff Kingsbury the leak all along? And does Kyler feel that Cliff Kingsbury was the leak for all of the smear campaign, for the contract clause? Remember all that? Yeah. You want, I mean, it makes you wonder. It makes, makes me wonder. more than wonder. Um, by the way, Andy Dalton, and I know he threw, threw three interceptions last night, but Andy Dalton threw for 361. I know. You know? Uh, uh, that touchdown pass on the on uh, early on. Oh, there's I two, mean, uh, Rashid? Talk about, yeah, talk about threading the needle, Shahid, maybe. rather. Yeah. Yeah, Rashid, I even had to look him up, uh, and, and that's rare that I have to look up an NFL player, uh, but Rashid, Rashid Shahid, on that 53-yarder, by the way, he's the only target of the game. Yeah. Splitting two defenders right? who somehow 
Somehow, neither guy can make a play. The red rocket the just firing it in there. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Listen, I—I I mean, one of those interceptions, the the first pick six was not his fault. No. That was right through yeah. the hands of the receiver. I uh, forget who the receiver was uh, for Dalton uh, on that particular play. It wasn't Olave. I know that. Uh, I forget who the receiver was, but I, I mean, you know, like Arizona went from trailing in that game. They scored the game-tying touchdown to make it 14-12. They got a somewhat controversial two-point conversion in which they actually fumbled right at the goal line. But because it was so close, what have you, they gave it to them upon review, which probably was the right call to stick with the call on the field. 14-14, and before you know it, right, if you were dozing in and out like your boy was, before you knew it, it was like 35-14 in, in a flash, Right, it was crazy because of a couple of pick sixes or returns for the Cardinal defense, defense, which you know, look, has way improved since their season opening debacle and shredding uh, by Kansas City. But still, you don't associate Arizona with this being this great defense, but you also don't associate New Orleans post Drew Brees being this great high-powered offense, right? So it was kind of a weird game in that you had all these returns and all these turnovers, yet Andy Dalton, like you said, put up big plays, big numbers. So did Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray, I'll say this, and I don't know how you feel. I I mean, we've talked about him a lot. I I don't like – I've heard a lot of things about his work habits before all this blew up. I mean, I know people that are in that area – that have have told me just keep an eye on this, you know, kind of thing, maturity, what have you, whatever. I will say this. The one thing that I – two things I feared about Kyler Murray, his immaturity, and I think that's been proven to be true, but his durability has been absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. for a little guy. And, I I mean, I'm not trying to beat him up for his lack of size. Pete – I thought he was going to get squashed like a bug. Has he? He's missed like one game in his career. He's elusive, man. He doesn't take hits. I know, but that's I'm shocked thing. by that. He doesn't take hits. So, and that that's how you can preserve yourself a little bit. By the way, Marquez Callaway, the guy that was responsible ah, there you for go. the ball there off you his go. hands there you uh, go. on the pick six. But, but Kyler not only doesn't take hits, Pete, but he's better in the pot. Like, if you just drop him in the pocket, right, seven-step drop, shotgun, uh, uh, pistol, what have you, he'll just sit there and play pitch and catch. And he's got – we have all we all know he's got arm strength. We, we You can't be a – a, a top prospect third baseman and and have a weak arm. Well, I guess you could be, but it's unusual, right? He he just like on one of the drives, he was just sitting there, you know, three step drop out of pistol, out of gun, whatever it was, just sitting there planting his feet, torquing his hips, fume, 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 fume. Especially with DeAndre Hopkins back, my gosh, it was like pitch and catch, pitch and catch, pitch and catch, pitch and catch. It was like Kirk Cousins against the Bears two weeks ago. It was okay. You're gonna play. You're you're not gonna allow me over the top. You're gonna take away everything deep. Okay, fine. I'm just gonna have DeAndre Hopkins run eight yards, turn around in a zone, boom, and the ball's gonna be there. I mean, like I gotta say this again. I, I would never. I, I wouldn't want to deal with Kyler Murray. I think he's immature. I think he's lazy. I think he's got a lot of issues that, you know, came to roost, and I think they're all true. He's better than I thought he was going to be, and he's a better passer than I thought he was going to be, and somehow, some way, he hasn't gotten hurt. So I, I was never concerned about him as a passer. 
I was just concerned about durability. That, the only thing I was concerned about there was durability uh, with Kyler Murray. I had no problem with the way uh, mechanically he throws the ball and gets the ball out. But that's uh, weird because you hate short quarterbacks. I, I do, but some guys... Not hate. It's, this hate is a strong I, I, I don't, word. I, I, it's not that I hate short quarterbacks. It's just a, it's a thing that we point out because... And I think sometimes scouting decisions get clouded based on a player's measurables. What do I tell you all the time? When the guy comes off the bus, we can pick out the quarterback, sure. okay? Kyler Murray gets off the bus. We don't know if he's a running back. We don't know if he's a wide receiver, a slot receiver. We don't even know we don't know if he's a member of the training right. staff. But what's you the, know? let me let me ask you this just to play devil's advocate. How many times around the senior bowl and in the post senior bowl combine draft process, 3 months roughly, did you say if Sam Howell, if um, who were the other two quarterbacks that were like, Malik Willis, Mo- Malik Willis, and whoever the third quarterback was, if they were, were just two inches tall, like Bailey I mean, Zappi, Bailey Zappi, it was it was the thing that you mentioned every time. So when I say you don't and, and like short those quarterbacks, co- right? But look right. where to, and, to my and point, yet they're though, playing well. To or my Zappi's point, playing well. Look where those quarterbacks ended up. That's we thought no, no, Willis. No, you were right. We thought Willis might be good. Look, somebody actually floated that Willis might be going to Detroit right. at in number the first two. round. At number two. Okay. No, I'm, I'm not saying you were wrong. I'm saying it just surprises me because we weren't doing the show mm-hmm. together with Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray's what five nine, five ten? I think legit five ten. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm five ten, and I, I you know. But you also I, can't run a four two forty no, like can't. Kyler Murray can. But, but I guess that's my point is I, I didn't I knew Kyler Murray had the arm. I didn't know if he would be able to do to be as good of a behind under not under center because he's not under center a lot. But behind the line of sc- – I thought, like, if he would have success, it would have to be with him right. booting now, and rolling saying, out and, and all look, the time. And, and let's face it, too. I mean, every quarterback of that size, you know, I mean, Joe Theismann had issues with Ed Jones and Harvey Martin mm-hmm. at times, you know, balls right. getting deflected. Right. You know, but Joe was one of those quarterbacks that wasn't the tallest guy from a, quote, scouting combine perspective – but Joe Gibbs and Joe Theismann found a way to make it work. I mean, even when they started 0-5, Theismann's throwing the ball all over the place. Okay? He was right. putting up some of his best numbers as an NFL quarterback. The ultimate thing is, and it comes kind of traces back to what people have complained, at least if you listen to Ryan Fitzpatrick, about Scott Turner. Scott Turner wants the quarterback to confirm to conform to his offense. Right. He doesn't conform to the quarterback. Kingsbury's doing things that for the most part, allows Kyler Murray to take most advantage of his skill set. And we could argue that they, maybe they could do even more to take advantage uh, of his skill set. You would think they would be more on the same page then, right? Uh, it's one of the reasons. I'd love to know what they were arguing about last night. To me, that... I don't I mean, know. I'm, I'm sure they were asked get, about look, it after the game. I didn't I can, hear it. But so. I can get mad at you for a segment. You can get mad at me for something I said for a segment. Maddie can get mad at us, okay? It could have been something... Fairly simple that was said, and you know, in the heat of discussion, right. we all kind of snap back sometimes and say sure. things that we're not supposed Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Okay? But, and it could have been something as simple as that. But they actually won that game last night. Yeah. And if they lose that game and we see that moment, yeah. no, the right. talk shows this morning all over the place are going, oh, you know, 
Cardinals lose again. Kyler and Cliff are going yah, yah, yah at each other. But Murray's got tremendous ability. So uh, the question ultimately is in Arizona, it's not Kyler. It's the rest of the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, you can't let Andy Dalton throw for 367 against you. That just can't happen. True, but their defense First has of all, been. I never in a million years would have thought the Saints would throw the ball forty-seven I, times. I agree. Forty-nine if you count the two that Taysom Hill threw. Uh, so, but Arizona's defense has been better since mm-hmm. that Week One albatross against Kansas City. But last night was not a, a question. But, ultimately, but, you is, know, again, you can give up a lot of yards as right, the Commanders as we, proved last as we week. Hit the break. Yeah. The question ultimately is: Do you see Arizona staying in that race with the Rams and? the 49ers the rest of the way here? Uh, I'll answer that on the other side. How about that? need time to think. No, I I have an answer. He needs time to to brew some WrestleMania coffee. It's just called a tease and Mm. that we're a couple of minutes behind schedule because we had Doug Russell coming up uh, from the uh, Packers radio network in about 20 minutes. Going to preview the enemy. Going to find out what's happening in Packerland where they're three and three coming to FedEx Field this week. 301-230-0980. And, of course, we are streaming absolutely free. Download it now. The Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you're a gold member, hope you had a great time last night. Anytime you get three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks together for a discussion, 
Sure, tailgate Ted was there in his glory with his Letterman's coat on. Oh, he was showing pictures. I mean, well, I, I shouldn't say showing pictures. I saw one picture. Uh, he seemed very much in all of his I love how th- uh, apparently, uh, and this is where having good MCs, people who know those three quarterbacks, um, you got to, there's so much that you could talk to those three guys about, and you got to have people that know those guys. Well, do they have anybody in the organization like that? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, apparently Theisman, Theisman like called an audible uh, and was taking audience questions. And Ted said as soon as they started doing that, it was just uh, tremendous. And, yeah. and look, I mean, let's face it. That's what those gold members pay for. They mm-hmm. pay for access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a rare opportunity. Well, cool, yeah, cool events like that. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's a rare opportunity. Uh, to talk to three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks who all, who all, all mm-hmm. three of them have amazing stories about their journey and how they got there. Yep. I mean, we thought Mark Rippon was an assistant coach for years because he used to wear those cool white redskin sweaters on the sideline and, and when he was not playing. And he looked like an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's chucking the ball all over the field and we're wiping people off the map in 1991 with one of the greatest seasons uh, in the history of the sport. We left you with this question, this burning question. Washington and Green Bay, two teams right now, 2-4, three, 3-3, three, and three, uh, heading into this week's action. Arizona right in that same group. There's so many teams, Chris, that are all jumbled together there. Did you leave last night's game feeling Arizona was going to stay competently close to the Rams? And more importantly, I think now the 49ers with a McCaffrey acquisition – because if, and until the math tells you they're eliminated, if Washington and certainly Green Bay are staying in this NFC playoff race, uh, the Cardinals are now a team that by winning that game uh, last night, you know, certainly stay in the discussion as we get near the halfway point uh, of this NFL season. Yeah, Arizona at 3-4. and four. They're 2-3 and three in the conference, right? Right now, uh, they are the 11th seed. They are the 11th seed. Um so obviously some teams to climb and and, and what have you, right? Uh, but Green Bay again could easily be three and four, easily might be a stretch. Could be three and four, and losers of three in a row if Taylor Heineke mm. and the boys uh, take out the old magic carpet. Mm. Uh, be a lot harder if they don't have Jahan Dotson who got banged up again yesterday. Yeah, re-aggravated uh, in, the in practice, right? Re-aggravated, not banged up. Re-aggravated is a better uh, choice of words. We'll see what his status is moving forward, but. You know, right now, Arizona, again, is um, one step ahead of Washington, one step ahead of Chicago, uh, clearly not only one step in the standings, but also head-to-head over New Orleans, who drops to 2-5. and five. Guess what? The worst news maybe last night was that not that Arizona won from a commander's perspective and from an NFC perspective, but maybe that New Orleans lost to drop to 2-5. and five. Why, you ask? Why? Because the Philadelphia Eagles have New Orleans first-round pick, mm-hmm. which the other day was, was a top five seven, uh, or six, it, whatever it was. Definitely in that five to seven yeah. range. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, they're two and five now. There's there's one, two, Houston, Vegas, Carolina, Detroit. That are so it's number five right now entering every the rest time of the, week. the Saints lose. Howie Roseman just starts yeah. walking around the facility, high five, and everybody going. You Look think at he's that. you think he's slinging his Howie? 
All over the place? I don't know. I don't know. But if my Uh, team was undefeated and I got a top five pick right now, I'd certainly be (laughs) strutting around like my last name was Holmes. I can tell you that. But anyway. anyway, Yeah. The point being is while New New Orleans losing is bad for everyone uh, in terms of the NFC East, uh, I guess Arizona winning is probably not good for the Packers, the Commanders, you know, teams of that ilk, Seattle, uh, Atlanta, what have you. Anyway, long way to go. We all know that. But can Arizona, at 3-4 and four overall, and again, 2-3 and three in the conference, maintain pace with San Francisco, who just got Christian McCaffrey at 3-3 three and three, uh, overall, 3-2 three and two in the conference. And I know it's early to be doing all this stuff, but the Rams at 3-3 three and three and 3... Of course, logic, Pete, tells you yes. They're there. They're they're there through seven games, and they just got DeAndre Hopkins back. They lost Marquise Hollywood-Brown probably for the next six weeks, but they're there. So, yes, of course they can stay there. The question is, do you buy them? Do you believe in them? And... My sense from you, even as even with you being more optimistic than me, is I think you know my answer. Hell no. I, I don't buy them. Hell but to the no. I think even you are worried about them. If here's my caveat. If Marquise Brown was healthy to play with DeAndre Hopkins oh, right yeah. now, different story. I would have a much better opinion right. of Arizona staying in the race in the NFC long term. Does Robbie Anderson do anything for you uh with DeAndre sure. Hopkins? Sure. I think so, right? How, how fast does he uh, adapt to the new surroundings? He was out there running routes last night. I know, I'm saying, you know, but two, how, to, how, two and a half days after he got there. How fast does he yeah. uh, adapt to the new surroundings, and can he make a difference? So, you know, it kind of makes that deal look even smarter yeah. uh, for the Cardinals right now to go out and make that deal. Real quick on the McCaffrey thing. Surprised that the the compensation wasn't better? Two, three, and a four? Uh no, because we we know that we always, and I think media always does this, they overreact to a player's stature. Number one, McCaffrey, of course, used to be the best running back in the NFL until two and a half years ago when all the injuries beset him, right? But, like, here's here's one thing that we always do, right? Oh, such and such team is looking for a first-round pick. And they leak that to somebody in the media, yeah, to right? To try and help set the market. Exactly. To get people thinking, okay, if we call them, it's going to be a first-round pick. And 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 media and fans lap it up like a bunch of like thirsty dogs. And everybody thinks, oh, so to me, Carolina, to get out of the rest of McCaffrey's contract, and they already paid him a ton over the last two-plus years where he's been largely hurt. But to get out of the rest of McCaffrey's contract, because as I understand it, they didn't have to eat a whole bunch of money. I mean, they'll have to eat dead money, which is their own thing, right? That's just salary caponomics. But they don't have to, like, eat a bunch of dead money for trading McCaffrey in the midst of a long-term contract and then, oh, by the way, pay, like, uh $8 million a year in base salary, at least from what I gathered, early economics. So you 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 lop off a bunch of contract money there. Uh, once you pay the dead money hit this offseason, you're done. 
you get a second and a third and then a fourth. I, I Like, how much more? Like, what else do you expect, kind of, you know, for a guy who's been injury prone? I, I know he was once great. I know he was once awesome. But he's been injury prone. And what do I always say about anybody? I, you got to be durable for me. Yep, and and that's that. That's why I told you my one concern about Murray was going to be durability yeah. at quarterback because of the size. I want to spin this in a different question coming up after we talk to Doug Roberts and get a preview uh, Doug of Russell. the Packer, Doug Russell rather. Uh, as we spin this toward the Washington side, uh, coming up in touchdown at ten. But Doug Russell joins us next to preview the pack right now. Chris tells us what's trending. All right, indeed, Christian McCaffrey on his way to San Francisco might even have a limited role in their um, couple of years Super Bowl rematch with the Kansas City Chiefs this week, according to Jordan Schultz, uh, may center around a goal line package. Heck, if Robbie Anderson can do it, he was traded on Monday from Carolina to Arizona. He was out there last night for the uh, – uh, for the Cardinals in their win over the New Orleans Saints, as we were just detailing, 42-34. If Robbie Anderson can do it, Christian McCaffrey certainly can for Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Commanders getting set for their final full practice of the week. Will Jahan Dotson be out there re-aggravating his hamstring, as we just discussed? We'll keep you posted. We should have that in the 11 o'clock hour. Stay with us right here on Russell and Medhurst. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, as we mentioned, uh, after we talk Talk to Doug Russell from the Packers flagship station and Ty Dunn, who's got a new tight ends book and a longtime NFL writer. Tommy Shepard, the Wizards president general manager, joins us on the morning of their home opener. The Wiz back from Indiana, 1-0, and host the Chicago Bulls tonight at Capital One Arena. And you can listen to it right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Tommy's scheduled to be with us at 11 o'clock, and that's what's trending. You know, we, maybe I'll just change my name to Russell so we can have a bunch of guys named Russell on the big program. I think you should. I think you should. I mean, I changed my name to Russell, and it's worked out. I don't know. It's worked out wonders. but Well, I mean, if you'd have kept the other name, though, people yeah. would have mistaken identity you uh, for several years. Yeah. Maybe I could have been Pete Russo. Well, there you go. Or Doug Russo. How about that? Could have been Dougie Russo. That, or, that's, a, that's a great name. Yeah. Or Jacques Cousteau. Oh, I love Jacques Cousteau. He was great. Yeah. Speaking of the enemy, the Green Bay Packers, our guy Doug Russell, at Doug Russell, sports director for iHeart in Milwaukee and Madison, where they love their football up there. Doug, appreciate the visit this morning, sir. Pete and Chris here in D.C. How are you? Hello, Doug. I'm doing great, Pete. Chris, always good to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, Pete, if you want to join the club, feel free. There's plenty of room. Well, well, you guys are united. Good. You guys are united in one thing. While you don't have the Russell connection that That's you right. and we I, got the Doug, great ball dome, exactly. Baby. I mean, because you and I know, Doug, we, we are brothers from another mother, right? That was always our okay. our, our thing, uh, and of course. At, we're doing this in jest because everybody knows my real last name is not Russell. Uh, but your real last name is Russell. But as Pete mentioned, you guys are bald domers. So maybe I should just shave my head uh, and then we could be uh, the Three Stooges. How about that? 
Maybe you could. My daddy always said that God only made so many perfect heads, the rest he covered with hair. So, you know, maybe we should just kind of, you know, take it. I would like to see what, you know, the rooster's you know, dome looks like without that luscious lettuce that's uh, adorning it. You know, adorning your entire it's, life. It, it's the only thing on my body that still, like, works at a peak level. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. No doubt Russell and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers with luscious locks on top of their head. Doug, we're not used to seeing the Green Bay Packers at 3-3 three and three at any point during a football season, certainly recently, uh, while Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback and certainly since Matt LaFleur has taken over uh, as the head coach. Why are the Green Bay Packers 3-3 three and three coming to Washington with seemingly mounting questions about this club as well? There's a couple of reasons, Pete. I think the one that's the most obvious, and I still – will ascribe to this theory is that his best wide receiver right now plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I don't think it's having gone great for Devontae Adams. He chose this. Don't forget. He wanted to play with Derek Carr. He wanted to play closer to home. He wanted Graham Graham to be able to finally watch him play football because apparently planes don't fly into Green Bay. I'm not not sure what that's all about, but they do fly into Las Vegas. Um, And Aaron is such a creature of habit. This is the first time in his career as Packers starting quarterback that dates back to the 2008 season that he hasn't had a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver to throw to. And Devontae Adams, you look at the targets that he's had over the last, you know, not just last season, but the last several seasons uh, when Aaron's been healthy, and it's been striking how much of a security blanket he was. So now he's trying to figure it out. Is it Alan Lazard? Is it Romeo Dobbs, who's just a rookie? Is it, you know, his tight ends, Robert Tunyon or Mercedes Lewis, when you know, he's not asked to block like a rope grader. Um, is it Aaron Jones out of the backfield? He's just trying to figure it out. Randall Cobb has been injured. Sammy Watkins, uh, first-year Packers player, he's been injured. He's finally coming off of injured reserve this week. Not sure if he's going to play, but he did finally get back to practice. There's just nobody for Aaron to throw to right now that he trusts. That and the, the offensive line has been banged up. Those two reasons I think are, are making this offense look pretty poor right now. Yeah, no, I and mean, that was pretty easy to say on Sunday at Lambeau against the uh, Jets. Doug Russell with us at Doug Russell, as Pete mentioned uh, again. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, ninety-seven three the game uh, in Milwaukee, Madison. The Packers radio network. Uh, Doug does like an, a fifteen-hour pregame show uh, <laughs> on Sunday, <laughs> so he's going to start. He's going to start at Saturday night at like ten o'clock and just go straight through overnight and up until kickoff on Sunday. That's what he was telling. That's what sources were telling me. To, right, to be fair, this is our first year as the Packers flagship. Uh, they were on the other stations in 1929, so we're uh, maybe going a little bit, yeah, uh, okay. a little bit overboard. But that's you know okay. what? We're having fun with it. Hey, you were on the the other station too, so I mean, I, you know, I, I switch stations left and right. I mean, we just go back and forth. Um, <laughs> right. All right, let me let me ask you. In addition to all of that, and I know this isn't sexy, but it was a big time problem last year in the playoff loss, and then it seemingly got fixed with the addition of Basaccia. But the special teams nightmare reared its ugly head on Sunday again. Uh, has, what, do you think that's a one-time anomaly, or are you majorly concerned? Uh, because the commander's spe- special teams are awful, too. And uh, my bold prediction, if you will, is this is going to be a death match, like a sword fight between which special teams unit can be worse and carve each other up on Sunday. Yeah, honestly, Chris, I don't know what happened last week because the special teams for the Packers has been much better, and it goes well beyond just Rich Passaccia. Uh, they actually invested in in guys that are special team experts, if you will. I mean, they went out when Rudy Ford got cut. They immediately went out and got him. He's one of the best gunners in the NFL. 
Uh, you know, you can say that about Dallin Levitt as well, Deshaun Nixon. These are special teams guys. And last week they had a breakdown with the punt that led to the immediate touchdown. It was reminiscent of last year's divisional playoff game at Lambeau Field against the 49ers. Only this time it was against the Jets. And then the blocked field goal, which, you know, that's 10 points right there. Just two plays that are, that are 10 points. Um, special teams has been better, I will say that. They still have some issues with the return game. I'm not sure if Amari Rodgers is long for the league. The way that uh, he struggled hanging on to the football, I still think there's there's some talent there. He's a third-round pick. This is only his second season, but he struggled to kind of find his way where there have been opportunities. So I, I'm not concerned about it yet. Basaccia says all the right things. He's the highest-paid special teams coordinator in the NFL for a reason. He's got a track record. It was a bad game. I'm going to chalk it up to it was just a bad game because, honestly, with the way the offense has struggled and with the way that the defense has kind of been they start out hot and then they get worn out by the end of the game. We've seen that the last two weeks, first against the Giants and then against the Jets uh, with these long, sustained drives. The special teams has been the one you know, shining star that you could point to. But, yeah, last week certainly was uh, – uh, they, they were they were on the struggle bus last week. There, there's there's no question about that. It was um, it it was it was hard to watch. The whole game was hard to watch. I mean, but special teams especially because we thought that this issue had been fixed. Who's been their best player through six weeks? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, that's why he gets paid the big bucks, Doug. <laughs> but it really is because you can't really point out Aaron Rodgers. He he's been pedestrian. Maybe Aaron Jones. But, uh, you know, he struggled last week finding holes, but that was because I think the offensive line hasn't gotten him holes. I think overall the best player on the team is the four-time MVP and the guy who's won the last two of them. He hasn't had his best season for many of the reasons that we've talked about. But I I guess Aaron Jones, because you still look at his yards per carry average, it's among the best in the NFL. Um, and, and he's got the burst. He's got good hands. He's smart. Um, yeah, I, I would probably say Aaron Jones. David Bakhtiari still, I mean, he's a, he's a two-time all-pro player. He's you know, working himself back from not just a torn ACL, but all the complications that went with that. So uh, it, it's good to see him back out there at left tackle. Uh, Devontae Campbell's not the same player that he was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Kenny Clark hasn't gotten the same amount of tackles that he's gotten a year ago. I'm going to go with Aaron. Rod- I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. It's a great question, though. I, I it's one of those questions I have not thought about until you asked me that. Pete. Uh, we even talked about AJ Dillon uh, a little bit earlier in in the show, uh, but I'm going to flip it around. You mentioned the defense worn out the last two weeks, the London trip, and then what the Jets did on the ground. Certainly through the air, they were very good, or maybe. Uh, uh, the Jets quarterback, uh, Zach, um, uh, whatever. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson Zach is Wilson. just not very good. Um, but but Joe Barry's defense, of course, Joe was here as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Redskins fans absolutely hated him, thought he was a complete clown. <laughs> uh, they were wrong, as they always are. Uh, I said it then. I know he's not great. I know nobody's putting him in the Hall of Fame. But overall, are Packers fans okay with the general defense? I mean, that secondary is really good. When you look at Jair Alexander and Eric Stone, Oaks and and Darnell Savage and and I mean and and uh, and and what they did with Rasul Douglas I mean those five guys they're tough to move the football through the air against no and then Gary and Preston Smith off the edge pretty good in terms of edge pass rush right if you would have said that at, at, in week one I would have said yeah absolutely this is a lockdown defense and you look at that defensive secondary I think Jair Alexander still. A very, very good player. Adrian Amos is still a good player. Darnell Savage is a good player. Eric Stokes, I think, will be a good player. He just hasn't played well uh, so far this season. So I, I think that's part of it. Um, 
But uh, Packers fans, are they happy? No. I mean, I still – he was two defensive coordinators ago, but every time the you know, Packers give up a touchdown, the hashtag fire capers comes up for <laughs> poor Dom. Uh, but, uh, so are Packers fans happy? Not unless they're hoisting the trophy yeah. at the end of the year. Packers fans are I, – I, I say this – they are my people, and I can say this and you can't. You know how that goes. Yes. Packers fans are spoiled. Yes, they are. Because of 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, which yeah. has masked a lot of the other deficiencies on this roster. They should try watching the Commanders. <laughs> Fair enough. Doug, let's out on this. Why? What's going on with you guys' this team? Well, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that 15-hour pregame slot on Sunday hey. morning to explain it all to you. Hey, we'll trade you our wide receivers for your quarterback. Uh, pass. Oh, wow. Wow. Doug, we got some people on the wide. We got some people that Aaron would love. To, well, that we, if we took Aaron from you. Yeah, then. but if you get the quarterback. Yeah, that's right. true. Well, you got, yeah. Jordan, you got Jordan Love who's just sitting around waiting for his day. Uh-huh. Day. Day. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'll let, let you out on this, Doug. Is it, is it is what they normally do attainable uh, right now, or is this a club that is just happy to get to eleven and six, uh, ten and ten and seven, and find a way to be part of the postseason mix? If they could get to eleven and six, I think they should throw a parade in downtown Green Bay, all hmm. seven blocks of it. Um, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, this is a team that's struggling right now, and a lot of teams in the NFC are right. The Rams are struggling. The 49ers are struggling. The Buccaneers are struggling. All the final four teams from last year in the NFC playoffs are struggling. Packers are certainly in that mix. I don't think it's uh, – it, it's not – it's early, but it's not that early anymore. You know what I mean? We're not quite halfway to the uh, halfway point of the season for the Packers. I think this game coming up on Sunday against the Commanders is going to be very important. And if they lose this one, this is the first of three in a row on the road away from Lambeau Field for Green Bay. And then we've got Buffalo coming up. They still have a very difficult schedule. Uh, coming up the rest of the season, uh, if they could get to ten and seven, uh, I, I think that would that that would be great. They still have to play at Philadelphia. They still have to play the Rams, who I still think have some talent. They still have to play Minnesota again, uh, and obviously the Vikings are having a very good season. So it's going to be a tough road to hoe. But um, yeah, if they if they can get back to the playoffs, if they can somehow muster up ten or eleven wins, I think that would be a worthwhile goal to to, to achieve. Doug, great stuff, man. Appreciate Thank the you, visit. Dougie. Safe travels to D.C. as uh, you guys get set to uh, broadcast uh, things on the uh, Packers uh, radio network. And, hey, you know, we hope you have a good season. We just hope that you're 3-4 and four at the end of this weekend. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Hopefully I appreciate that, Dean. Rooster, always a good time. Thank you, You Doug. got it. Doug, appreciate it. Doug Russell joining us from Green Bay, previewing the enemy. 3-4 and four is what you're hoping. Washington and Green Bay are both coming up. At the end of this weekend, Christian McCaffrey got dealt. Going to spin this uh, in another way here for Washington. Coming up in touchdown at 10 here at the top of the hour. Tyler Dunn joins us at the bottom of the hour to talk tight ends. And Tommy Shepard, general manager of your Washington Wizards, looking to start 2-0 and with their home opener tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Tommy joins us at 11. Lots to do over the final two hours of the show right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.